Big Fluff. Now, let's analyze what's been working for us. Not a goddamn thing's been working for us. Like this goddamn suit doesn't work for me. And this stinking tie. And this goddamn shirt. It doesn't work for me. You know how to play winning hard-nosed football? You play football like Ed Gennaro played football. A guy who gave his life for this football team. He was a 140-pound halfback. And he played like a goddamn wild man. No, like a goddamn rampaging beast. And that's the way you gotta do it. You go out there, you tear their fucking heads off, and you shit down their necks. Let us pray. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. With me, as always, Lars Periwinkle. What up? Uh, things aren't so good over here, money. Oh, things aren't good. That's not no, what I'm not here. good. Not good. I am afraid I live in a house divided. Oh, it, I've heard, and I don't know this to be true, but I have heard it cannot stand. No, no. I'm afraid, yeah, the, the foundation is cracking. That's not good. You just bought that house. Yeah. Yeah. Man, and we're at the top of a hill. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's not, okay. it's not the, you know, it's not the literal foundation, but the fa- just, um, just the foundation of my marriage. It's oh. all gone to hell. Oh, just that. That's not important. Just that. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> it wasn't that strong. <laughs> no, wait, wait, I feel like we, we all need an explanation. What's going on? Uh, sure, sure, sure. So, as you might be aware, um, and maybe you can give a, a quick explanation for maybe our, our non-Mid-Atlantic East Coasters. Um, uh, now is the time of year for, <sighs> might be somehow the best time of year. It is Hoagie Fest. Oh, Oh, Hoagie Fest. So, Man. H- happy Hoagie Fest to you. Happy Hoagie Fest to you. Yeah. And to all who celebrate. Uh, man, that there's certain times that it's just, you know, certain things you miss when you're in LA. You miss, you miss the crab feasts. You miss mm-hmm. the chicken boxes. Mm-hmm. You miss Hoagie Fest. You miss Hoagie Fest. Yeah. So th- this is the annual tradition that the that Wawa puts on where they um they will, you know, just just five dollar hoagies all day long. And I love these hoagies. They're great hoagies. Um, well, as you may know, as, as you just mentioned, actually, um, in response to Hoagie Fest, the um, the local started in Baltimore food chain Royal Farms now has Chicken Palooza. Was their response to the Hoagie Fest, right? Which, yeah, it's it's the Dante's Peak, uh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. to to 
Volcano was that what the other one? Yeah, was called? volcano. They didn't. Just, they didn't think too hard on that one. <laughs> I was like, it has to have a better. You know, yeah. It's the <laughs> nope, just volcano. Uh, deep impact to Armageddon. Yeah, uh-huh, it, it's uh-huh, uh-huh. it's look, and I miss a chicken box. I love a rofo, but it, come on, like you you know what you're doing. You know, like you understand that this this was staked out territory. Absolutely. And look, hey, staked out territory, but also staked out territory in a free market where healthy competition, I think, is good for the consumer. But I would argue that there's room for both Hoagie Fest and Chicken Palooza. Like, no need. You don't you don't schedule Lollapalooza at the same time as OzFest, for example. <laughs> You're not going to book those in the same town at the same weekend. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't want all those skateboarders that wear heavy <laughs> eyeliner. What are they going to do? I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, um, so I should have picked things said, that didn't have that had more of a crossover. Yeah, it's entirely possible you could have both of those events in the same weekend. Outside of the fact that traffic will be terrible, you might not have a lot of crossover yeah. fans. St- Stanley Cup finals during Lilith Fair. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> Um, all I did the other day was, was mention to my wife, who you know is from, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania and lived in Philly for some time. Which that's, all I said, that's like, uh-huh. that's like, so whatever you're about to say, this is like Hoagie Fest, if you're from Pennsylvania, is like talking about the Pope if you live in Rome. Like it's <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like it. There's no, there's literally no difference. <laughs> Actually, I think their 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 pope is probably Stallone, which is weird because he's from Brooklyn and just played a guy from Philly. But whatever, erect a statue of him in a prominent place. You don't think you don't think their pope at this point is the cast of It's Always Sunny? It's not just Danny DeVito. Is there a guy from New Jersey? It makes just as much sense. So, yeah, sure. I guess it'd be McElhenney, right? Or Mc. How do you say? I never Ma- remember. Ma- McElhenney. McElhenney. But it would be like him, right? Because he's, he's from there and he created that sure. show. He's their pope. Sure, yeah. And he's yeah. super religious yeah. on that show. So. Yes. Yeah. Or, it, I mean, I think their pope is probably whoever is playing well in one of their sports teams today. Tomorrow yeah. it could change completely. But as long as they're playing well today. But listen, all I said was, hey, I'm excited about Chicken Palooza. And probably get a chicken box sometime this week. Oof. And she says, hey, you know, that's just a response to Hoagie Fest. And I said, yes, I am aware. Did you also know that fried chicken is better than Hoagie's probably? And she that was 10 days ago. She hasn't spoken to me since. I think justifiably. Look, I, I support you. I would do the same thing in your shoes. I would definitely participate. In Chicken Palooza, but I would have enough respect for Julia to eat it in my car secretly. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we both love both products, and and uh, like probably my favorite food is sandwiches. But like, <laughs> it's I, very Joey uh, Tribbiani. It just is. Sandwiches are great, but like, um, it's not fried chicken. Like that's not. I could eat fried chicken for every meal. You know, like I don't because I will die very, very soon. And especially the Royal Farms fried chicken is delicious. And so I just with such 
such for almost almost like if there's such thing as foaming from the eyes <laughs> that's what she was doing when she said you know that's just a response to hoagie fest and yeah yeah but like if I, you can say you want a sandwich um i'll be like yeah sure and then you decide what sandwich you say you want fried chicken yes i want fried chicken and i, I don't care just bring yeah. it to me look good like, things end of discussion let's get fried chicken right now good things can come from uh you know being a response to something else like for example thanos was just a response to dark side from dc comics like it's just yeah, openly totally. Openly, Marvel was sitting around going like, "We need a dark side," and then they just made him again and called him Thanos. Like, so, and look where that ended. Infinity War is great. So, yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Which was way, way better than Dark Side and Justice League. So, what so, you're saying is Chicken Palooza more important? I, you're, you're, I mean, you're definitely putting words in my mouth, and you're not putting chicken in my mouth, unfortunately. So. No, I, I mean, I heard you loud and clear. What you're saying is the Christians stealing the winter solstice from the pagans is probably the best thing that could have happened. And it's tantamount to Chicken Palooza definitely being better than Hoagie Fest. You know what? You know what? You're kind of selling me that like, yeah, that's a really great point is yes, exactly. Like there was a winter solstice. That was the reason for the season, which is what Hoagie Fest is. It's the true uh -huh. meaning. But then, yeah, you know, there's room for those Christians to sweep in and rebrand everything and make it <laughs> bigger and tastier than ever. So, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, man, look, look at all these combinations of of sizes and 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 all the different sandwiches you can make and they can be toasted. They can be hot. They can be cold. Uh, they can be violet sky. But are any of them a bone in chicken thigh? Probably not. That's why you don't win. Yeah. By the way, you. Well, good luck with your marriage. First of all, I hope I hope you guys can figure it out. <laughs> no, good luck to her. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> but uh, but you reminded me. You you mentioned whatever athlete is popular in Philly being their pope, and that reminded me of something that I do want to talk to you about because I don't know if you saw this, mm. but Variety did an interview with Tom Brady. And oh I'm going to be honest, I haven't read the interview, but I keep seeing tweet. I follow Variety on Twitter and I keep seeing they're doing quotes from the interview, you know, like pool quotes. And they're just so Tom Brady in that I feel for the people at Variety because they got this interview with a person that is a big celebrity. He's. Probably the greatest football player of our lifetime, I think, if we're all honest with ourselves. You know, it's definitely the yeah, most winning. Yeah. Uh, yep. But he is so boring. He's very, very boring. That's all and, he does is play football. He doesn't yeah. know anything else. So this is what's happening. They're, they're asking him these questions and then they have to... These are, again, these are to sell you. So these are, in theory, the best quotes from the interview. But these are, this is what's on their Twitter right now. What kind of movies and TV shows does Tom Brady want to produce with 199 Productions? And this is the quote from Tom Brady. Things that are authentic to who I am. Things that are inspiring, aspirational, and inspirational, fun, and entertaining. I'm not into too many serious things. That's a pull quote to get you to read the article. Oh, oh he, that, was, that was the whole thing? That's the whole thing. That's a tweet. That's the entire tweet to get you to read the article. You want another one? 
Yeah, please. Tom Brady on his diet. I eat ice cream. I'm not, I'm not super strict with my diet. I don't want to give off the impression that I'm some psychopath about a diet. I just make good choices most of the time. That's another quote. I'm not a psychopath about a diet. <laughs> but yeah, that's another one. Oh, man. Someone had to help him spell psychopath for sure. <laughs> well, I guess he said it. I don't think he wrote these. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, what how about this? This is, this is a good one. This is what we all want to know, right? Does Tom Brady know when, he's when he'll be done playing football? This is going to be a scoop, right? Uh -huh. When's Tom Brady going to be done playing football? What's he going to say? Uh -huh. I really don't. I would say it's year to year. Could this be my last year? Absolutely. Could I change my mind? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've realized I don't have five years left. Oh, that was that egg again. I'm not prepared for when these end. <laughs> I don't think you can't be. How could you ever be? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, he like, he, okay. The asking yourself a question and answering it is also not the right way to, to, to talk like a human. Don't do that. Um, but also you're asking the question, could I change my mind? As if someone's going to ask you the question, could you change your mind? Yeah. No one... No one would ask you that. Of course, we assume you can change your mind. <laughs> you know how they always do those things of like, we fed, you know, a hundred rom-coms into a computer and we got a uh -huh. bot to, to write. It's like we fed a hundred sports cliches into a computer and got it to uh -huh. generate a post-game interview. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> we gave 100%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to play good. You try to play good. And I think we played pretty good tonight. It's when they they always they will find the head coach of the team trailing in the Super Bowl right before they go into the locker room for halftime. Yeah. And they say the same thing every single time. Like and they walk up to him like, oh, I got him. I'm going to get a scoop. And it's like, hey, you know, we're, we look pretty rough out there. They're a good opponent. And we're, we hope to come back and do better in the second half. Every single yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> we just have to execute better. You know, we, we had a plan. We're, we were just going to stick to it. <laughs> you know, hopefully yeah, we, we know we have some weapons, <laughs> but you know, so do they. We're, we're both in the championship for a reason. It's that shit. Yeah. And they just, they almost like, they say it with the same cadence I do, which is really just listing off the things you're supposed to say, because they're probably true more often than not. But what, what do they think they're going to hear? Like, well, we've tried really hard to implement our cheating plan in the first half, but we didn't do too well. So we're going to regroup and cheat even harder in the second half. And I, I think I'm going to attach some spikes to shoulder pads and um, uh, I'm going to be nude in the second half as well. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that um, on the halftime show. Uh, I am actually having an extra marital affair with one of the dancers in the halftime show. Yeah. See if you can tell which one. It's left shark. <laughs> By the way, you did remind me of the only possibly like possibly the only truly great uh, interview that we've ever gotten from a coach actually being honest mm -hmm. when asked a question about their performance instead of which is I think why it stands out because you never get any interesting responses. And so when you do, it's so notable. But this is possibly the all time great response uh to losing mm -hmm. 
Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears? Uh, we shut them down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach Green. Uh, I'm not... Does anyone else want to ask a question at this point? <laughs> it would be great. I don't remember, but that would be hilarious if that was the first question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's it. No, no follow-ups. <laughs> they get so fed up the same way that I do with the 24-hour news cycle for sports. It's so pointless. Well, And, and they have and, to ask the same. How many, how many times can you hear the same question? game after game several times about one game it's like i don't i don't what? fucking know what well, did we want to win is that what you're asking me yeah yeah we kind of did well and yeah it's always boring and i even like briefly dabbled in doing some coverage for a while for like right. for football and it is like like i was in the locker room that should be exciting but you just stand there crowding mm. around a person and you ask them a question and they say one of four pre-selected <laughs> things. Like, yep. And then you yep. have to try to make that sound interesting. But no, yeah, it's it's. But it, I think it is just funny, and it, it's truly amazing when there was a storied rivalry between Tom Brady and uh, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady, who has he's got the classic just quarterback looks. He dates supermodels mm -hmm, he is mm -hmm. on paper everything that people want for but it's it's goofy looking peyton manning who has all of the charisma and who has had an amazing post-football career because he's hilarious he can do ads they're literally the only ad i can even remember that tom brady's in the joke is that he's literally a robot that needs to be recharged yeah yeah and they gave him they gave him one line and it let's go, which I'm really happy is tapering off now because when people were screaming, let's go all over the place, I was losing my mind. I felt like a crazy person. Stop yeah, saying yeah. let's go. <laughs> You're saying let's go at the end of a thing. Why yeah. are you saying let's go at the end of a thing? Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it was really cracking me up I because it would, I would just like scroll Twitter and every, like, you know, however often, like every, you know, once an hour or something, they were really promoting this interview because I'm sure it's a big deal to have gotten it. And every quote was exactly like the ones I read where it was like, this is nothing. This is, he's not saying anything. <laughs> Why would I read this? <clears throat> you know what's great too? So you have all the personality and charisma of a Peyton Manning. All of the um, good looks and rock star attitude of a Tom Brady and then take all of those things away, every single one of them. And you got the guy who beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally the little brother of the charismatic guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just see him with his stupid face walking off the field. I know the people at home can't see it, but it's this one. That is that's 100%. I wish people could see that because that's, I feel like he's in the room right now. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, Jesus Christ. 
Like no one even hit you in the first half. Why are you are you okay? Go take a nap, buddy. That was easily the best Super Bowl of our lifetime was just hit the first oh, the time. The first one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> because no one saw it coming at all. Like we were all just like, okay, here we go. And it's like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> I did. I saw it all over. You can ask anyone who knew me. The the two weeks leading up to that Super Bowl, I said, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's not. Eli's got him. Look, I don't I don't know much about much, but Eli's got him. There's no way he wins this. But yeah, I. it's funny, too, because one of the things I, I, I'm not going to bother to <laughs> bore everyone with it, but like one of the questions they did ask him about being an analyst, Tom Brady, and I can't imagine him doing that job like being. Can you imagine him on television? Well, that play was a passing play. That's why he's playing as long as he can, because he can't do anything else. No, he's not going to be he's not going to be a coach. He's not going to be a general manager. He's not going to be an owner. For Christ's sake, he's not going to be a commentator and he can't even be an analyst. I don't even I wouldn't want to hear his analytics over something. There is, by the way, my favorite thing to imagine is all those years in New England, the average New England Patriots fan having to convince themselves that they liked Tom Brady. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like he's wearing Ugg boots and he's doing GQ photo shoots where he's petting goats. And it's like, nah, but it's it's cool. Like, nah, he's our guy. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Big Poppy was your guy, too. We know the way to your hearts. <laughs> Man. But uh, by the way, this is completely non sequitur, but I, I feel like you'll be into talking to me about this because you have long been against trailers. I think that's safe to say you avoid trailers. I I avoid them. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say I'm against them as an idea. I don't want them to stop being a thing, but yes, I do generally avoid them. I, cause I want to say that I don't know if I'm yet in your camp, but I do think movie trailers are getting out of control. Too much, right? There's too there's, much. There's too much. And here was, this was my breaking point. I, w- I won't say uh, what the movie was, but the other day uh-huh. I went to watch a trailer on YouTube and it turned out it was a trailer for the trailer. Like it was, it, I watched the whole thing and it had like brief clips of the movie. And then it was at the very end, it was like, watch our trailer in two weeks. And I was like, what, what, this isn't the trailer. Like you're just go crazy. They go crazy for these trailers. They'll be like, wait, you know, you, you will see if you read trivia about the movie, if it set a record for how many people watched the trailer in the first 24 hours, it was out that that will be a factoid as if that's interesting. Yeah, but it's no, the trailer for the trailer broke me because I was just like, I don't, what do we do this? I'm, I want to see the trailer. I don't like the trailer is meant to sell the movie. We're now selling the selling of the movie. It's bad enough that if I want to watch a trailer on YouTube, you're going to show me a commercial when already the trailer is a commercial. I'm already going to YouTube to watch a commercial, but you're going to make me watch a commercial to watch the commercial. And now you're making me watch a commercial to watch a trailer for the commercial. <laughs> Jeez. Louise. It's a, but no, what gets me too is a good example it's the movie Bullet Train. I don't know if you watched this trailer or not because you avoid trailers. I don't know if you're familiar at all with it. Um, I did. I did watch that one because honestly, I'll watch the trailer if I don't know whether or not I want to see the movie. The problem is you, I, you watch like the first half of the trailer and I just kind of like get a feel for the kind of movie it is and then I won't finish it because 
some of these some of these stupid trailers they they tell you everything i said i just i just want a general sense of what's going on well that's what exactly what i was gonna say so bullet train i saw that trailer in the movie theater i was watching it might have been when i watched everything everywhere all at once but it was i went to see something and they showed that trailer and this was months ago and i i really enjoyed it i thought it's a really good trailer it uses a like a remix of staying alive really well it looks fun I like you said, I I didn't know anything about it, but you sold me on the premise. It's the director of Deadpool. It's this train full of assassins and it's kind of funny and action. And I get it. I want to see it. And I watched the trailer and I liked it. And that was months ago. And then it's like one, I think they mistimed it because Bullet Train doesn't come out until August. And I had that where I was like. I think I said to Molly at one point, when does that bullet train movie come out? I was like, I, I really, that looked cool. Is, is that like, and then it's like, you look it up and it's like, oh, three months from when I watched this trailer or whatever. And I kept seeing ads, but then they released another trailer because they released that trailer so long ago that now we need uh-huh. a new trailer. And the new trailer is exactly what you're talking about. I stopped it within... 20 seconds because i was like this trailer is just telling me what the movie is you already did the one that just like hyped me up for the sort of style of it and now this one is just way too much information about the specific plot and i don't need this yeah i know and i don't want to get into like i'm not gonna start lecturing on late capitalism (laughs) and the hellscape that is you know ad space but it really is like the trailers have become so popular that they start releasing them too early and then they strategically put them in there because they can sell ad space around their ad for the product. So right. you can make money while advertising to make money. And it's, it's you're, can you just mean the business of making a movie and then we, we buy a ticket to see the movie? What right. Was, what was wrong with that system? Right. And I, yeah, I, I'm picking on this movie cause it's the perfect example of, I watched a trailer. I wanted to see the movie but you already messed up because you released the trailer way too soon, which then just hits a point of, I don't know, I kind of get over it, <laughs> the excitement. Yeah, it exactly. Takes so long. Like, there's no hype anymore because you've, you've shown me all the cool bits completely out of context. So, when I watch the movie, they don't, they're not going to hit the same anymore. Right. You know, it, you keep, they're acting like if they don't do this shit, they're leaving money on the table when that, that money wasn't there to begin with. You, you're fabricating the money. And then putting it on the table right before you snatch it up and put it in your pocket when you could just skip that entire process completely. Right. And the the fact that they release two trailers for like Marvel movies is inexcusable. Ridiculous. Because Ridiculous. Marvel, all you need to do is just tell us what the movie is. Like, that's yes. all we need. You can literally show no footage or just a scene or something, you know, like. I I don't like this isn't a movie that's coming out, but it's well, I guess I mean, they're doing the Captain America uh, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the like Falcon as Captain America that's coming out. So if you just had like Captain America's shield on the ground and then you showed a shot of Anthony Mackie picking it up, that would be a trailer and we'd be like, okay, Captain America, that's that's the next one. But it's yeah, they end up giving away too much. And then it's weird. Because with Marvel, they do this stuff because they did it with No Way Home, where they're making a trailer that gives away too much, but also the trailer is manipulated to trick you so that, uh, because I think enough times passed with that movie, 
for example, they showed the scene again. You should never be giving away the end of a movie, but it's the climactic mm-hmm. battle at the Statue of Liberty. They're showing footage from that, but then they edited out the other Spider-Men from the shot. So right. it's the end of the movie, but they don't want to give away two of the characters that are in that scene. So they cut them out. But why? Why do it at all? Yeah, I mean, you know, two and a half hour movie. You could probably just not show that part. Also, it's spider-man and as soon i'm pretty sure as soon as that uh goblin bomb rolled right right. down the highway and exploded and then we saw both alfred molina and willem dafoe i every ticket was sold once you told us that they were both there they're there especially with the marvel movies because you have to be so invested in them now to really to really appreciate all the things that are going on that either the people who most of the people who go to see it are, are going to see it in every reality you can think of, whether you show a trailer or not. If you're trying to pull in people who weren't going to see this movie to make sure they go see it, they're going to see it arbitrarily anyways. So you can't really plan or not plan for them. They're not going to, you know, I've never seen one MCU movie, but I'm going to poke my head in on Doctor Strange. They have my money for that ticket. That's not if that happens. It's a person who just wanted to go sit in air conditioning for two hours. And that's well, like, fine. I mean, Molly is an example of someone who she does not watch every Marvel movie with me, but she watches, mm-hmm. I don't know, a third of them, like whichever ones happen to catch her attention for whatever right, reason. Like, right, we watched right. Doctor Strange together. She was into the concept of that. You know, I like, forgot. Yeah, there's that third category of put upon partners. <laughs> but it's a, <laughs> of pedantic nerds. But it, it's not even that because it is. I think we both have the understanding of if she wants to see it, great. And if you don't, I completely get that. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, I understand yeah. why you don't care about this. And like the TV shows, she doesn't really watch or like. She'll walk into the room while I, she watched a fair amount of Hawkeye just because it was on and it kept getting her attention. But like she was doing other things, you know. Sure, sure. But yeah, I re- I remember watching. Um, uh, Julia was really into, um, the the Watchmen series on HBO with Regina King. Um, but she had never read the graphic novel. Oh, that's and interesting. So, yeah, right. And I don't think you need to have read the novel in order to watch the show. The show was damn good. But I was, she was pausing, she was pausing that show to ask me questions about the Watchmen novel. And all I could think was, you are, you are the person of my absolute dreams because I get to watch this show (laughs) and then also talk to you about one of the greatest graphic novels of all time because you're asking questions about it. This is this is best case scenario for me. Best yeah. case scenario. <laughs> yeah, it is funny though too where like cuz when Molly saw uh The Multiverse of Madness, she hadn't seen the first Doctor Strange movie, but she'd seen uh like Infinity War. So she like she had mm. seen Benedict Cumberbatch play Doctor Strange, but not in his standalone movie and I was like mm. well, did anything not make sense and she was like I mean, I wasn't sure who Rachel McAdams was, but it I got it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, fairly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you get that. But it's yeah, I I do. One of the other things that drives me crazy, I, apparently I'm just going to complain about YouTube. That's that's what this show is today. Oh, we can do that. Yeah. 
Because the other thing I really hate right now is when a Marvel trailer comes out. The other thing I really hate right now. (laughs) But no, when a Marvel trailer comes out and then they release those videos that are like 846 Easter eggs that you missed in this trailer. It's like, first of all, you don't know what Easter eggs are because you'll just be like, pants like yeah he's wearing pants i don't that's not but those are the pants from the comic yeah that's a costume he's wearing a costume uh, yes yep. like not an easter egg those yeah. aren't hidden they're on his legs <laughs> that's just how he's dressed but yeah so first of all the the use of easter egg is generous and but it's also i i think that stuff i don't know like i am a, a nerd who's way into this stuff and you lose me where I'm like, I don't care that that's deep in the background. Like a good example. And I like James Gunn and I like the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was probably yeah. the beginning of the end when people started freeze framing the background of the collectors. Uh, you know, his oh, right. hideout. His collection. Yes. His collection, as soon as people started freeze framing that and trying to identify everything, I think that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, we of can just... all, like, yes. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I am also a giant nerd, but we can also settle the fuck down. Um, it's... That, you know, speaking of which, that's a good example of um, the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. Most of that shit is not in the movie. So what did you do that for? Right. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer of Guardians of the Galaxy mostly focused on the when they were in the lineup like when they were all yeah with, john c Riley. john c Riley got so much play in that trailer yeah and and remember <clears throat> serafinowicz says what a bunch of a-holes yeah that doesn't happen in the movie so look I, look I, you put a thing that wasn't in the movie in the trailer i guess that's okay but doesn't make sense but then I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm waiting for things to happen that were never going to happen in the damn movie because the, it's already been cut and yeah. edited before you release the trailer. So you knew it wasn't going to be in here. So why show me some shit that is the same way? Remember, I told you about when I saw Limitless. I oh I, maybe we, maybe we saw that movie together. Anyways, I remember thinking this isn't the movie that oh that yeah was that was the trailer. That one was very egregious where, yeah, like we both were. Yeah, I think we did see that together because I think we were both yeah. very confused where it was like, what did I just watch? That's not what you said. The movie was. I, was, I thought this was this was a good movie. I really enjoyed it, but I kept waiting for the the story to start that they they sold to me in the trailer and that movie never happened. Yeah. So I was really distracted the whole time of like, I thought De Niro's going to come after him and that. That literally doesn't happen in that movie, but that's how they sell it in the trailer. Why do that? Have faith in your product, man. And if you don't have faith in your product, I don't know, bury it or get rid of it. Or I don't know what to tell you, but don't repackage it. Like, don't tell me, don't, don't tell me, you know, that I'm, I'm getting a case of beer. And when I open the box, it's full of jelly beans. I didn't want jelly beans. I wanted (laughs) beer. I I do like. I kind of wonder sometimes with Marvel. I'm so old. That's such an old candy reference. Jelly beans. (laughs) I mean, the jelly beans are timeless. I think that's, you know, I suppose I didn't say put them in more like the the eight, like the Reagan era, you know? Well, I mean, he did love jelly beans. Yeah, he did love him some jelly beans. But yeah, it's not like you were like, I I want a it's like a Zagnut bar or something. (laughs) Some peanut brittle. (laughs) Uh, No, but I do. 
wonder because Marvel does do a lot of reshoots and like weird because you get stuff where one of the examples that jumps out is with Ragnarok, where you watched the the moment where um why am I blanking on uh it's Kate Planchette is the actor, right? And then she's playing um their sister Hella. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I needed all of that to get, get to get there. Yeah. I need to get there. But uh, when they first showed that, when she catches Mjolnir and breaks mm-hmm. it, it was in a like urban setting with walls in the trailer, and then it was in a grass field in yep. the actual movie, which is, you know, I mean, that's a lateral change. <laughs> yeah, but, why? Why yeah. do that? If but you're I trying think- to throw us off the scent, you know a good way to throw us off the scent? Not give us that information. Well, but I also, but I'm saying that to say that my understanding of Marvel from what I've kind of gathered, though, is that I think that they do a lot of changes in post-production and do reshoots and stuff because they'll shoot like plates of backgrounds and uh, get all this stuff because they are often changing things you know, at the last minute. So it really might be a case with them where they are making the trailers before they've actually locked the final cut of the film. I I actually think, especially because of what we're talking about, where these trailers come out months in advance, I think sometimes they are messing with the movie. A really weird example, too, if you remember this, with No Way Home, because it was in the No Way Home trailer where... Uh, do- when he goes to see Doctor Strange, um, where um, Wong says, Strange, don't cast that spell, like right as he's leaving. And that line uh-huh. isn't said okay. in the movie. But then what was really weird is when you watch No Way Home, at the end, the post credit thing was a trailer for multiverse of madness that used the same line from the no way home trailer that was not in the movie that you had just watched whoa i i well i didn't notice any of that and that's actually pretty wild yeah it it really threw me off because there was something about that line delivery that stuck in my brain i think in the same way of like you know they're assholes like the you know like it's just you remember a line for whatever reason and then you're watching the movie and it's like wait they're not saying the line that i remember from the trailer in this scene that's clearly the scene but then yeah they used it again in the recap part of multiverse of madness which also <laughs> ended up i mean i i saw both of those movies and i enjoyed both of those movies they they made it seem like they were more connected than they actually were when you watched them. Which two? Uh, Multiverse of Madness and No Way Home, which both had Doctor Strange and both had multiverses, but were both standalone? Yeah, yeah, most definitely not. Yep. Well, he he's not going to mention Peter Parker in Multiverse of Madness, is he? Well, right, but... There was no even mention of the other time the sky opened up and uh, people spilled out of it from another. That is like, that's the one thing I really can't understand. Well, there's a, I mean, there's a lot I don't really get with what's happening with Marvel right now, but they've now had Loki, Multiverse of Madness, and No Way Home, which have all dealt with the multiverse, but all in different ways and seemingly not connected to one another. This is all true. This is all true. So I don't really know what's happening. 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid they're working towards an era uh, or a phase where multiverse is just a shorthand fix all to any sort of problems they find themselves in as far as um, writing or connective tissue within the MCU. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they're in a strange spot where it's it's like I would never say the, the Marvel or Disney is in any way in trouble, but I think that they feel a bit aimless right now, which is weird where I saw someone point this out and I hadn't thought about it, but it is true of they're starting to just use the post credit scenes a lot of times to announce casting decisions. They've done that with like the last few films where. Um, they did it with Harry Styles in, um, uh, the Eternals and they did it with Charlie's Theron in Multiverse of Madness. They also did it in Thor, but I won't talk about that if people <laughs> haven't seen, oh, uh, Love and Thunder. But, uh, but yeah, it's, that's become kind of the trend is where they sort of just use the post credit scene to announce that a new actor is going to play a character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of multiverse stuff. There's a lot of sort of, I would say like, you know what? I'll call it nerd baiting with the X-Men where, you know, Charles Xavier showed up in uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness. There was the complete uh, just kind of shitty fake out in WandaVision. You know, where they used... Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, uh, Quicksilver, sure, sure, sure. Where, yeah, they used the actor from the X-Men movies to play her brother, but he wasn't... Yeah, it was more like, yeah, it was more like an, an homage, I suppose, of just uh, just a little, a little wink to the nerds who did all their homework, I suppose. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, you and I were talking right before we recorded that you haven't watched all of... Uh, Ms. Marvel yet, but in the last episode of Ms. Marvel, there was another Ah. at least just like passing reference to the idea of X-Men existing now, but it's just (laughs) it's just weird that that's what we're doing (laughs) where I'm like we know you own the X-Men. You you guys bought Fox. I remember. Mm -hmm. Are you Mm -hmm. gonna Mm -hmm. do something with them? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You're, it was weird timing because Hugh Jackman doesn't want to play Wolverine anymore. And who else are you going to get to do it at this point? You know, he played the character for 15 years in how many I mean, different they, movies. So I don't know what to tell you because that, that's your moneymaker. And you know that was your moneymaker. But the man isn't interested. He wants to make mediocre musicals about shitty people. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's really funny. I was very quickly running through, and I was like, even right now, he's on uh, Broadway doing The Music Man, which is still a musical about a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, Harold Hill. Know about that guy. Yeah. Liar. Uh, but yeah, the man wants to sing and dance, which is, I kind of love it, that he doesn't want to play the coolest X-Men that we all loved from our childhood, who has metal in his hands, but he, he just, in his heart, Hugh Jackman just wants to sing and dance. He's a song and a dance man, and I and I you know I praise him for it. But yeah, put you in an awkward situation. You have to recast that. I think, um, uh, who who was the other person who was rumored to have almost been cast in that part? It was Glenn Danzig. 
You know what? Fuck it. Get Glenn Danzig to do it. He'll still do it. That would be awesome. Can we yeah, get I that? want old ass Glenn Danzig playing Logan. I want it. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. They're going to use the multiverse to just test casting. That would be genius. Just they're just going to yeah. do the Spider-Man thing and have like six different actors, which is what I feel like they were doing with Krasinski in uh, Me too. where Absolutely. it was like it was just sort of it was like his screen test was just put in the movie of like. I don't know. Do you guys want this? Like we saw, we saw the message boards that said you wanted this. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think that entire panel we're testing. Like, like okay, here's Charles Xavier for you, you fucking nerdies. And uh, let's see, would anyone be interested in, you know, the um, the uh, Captain Carter television series or? Is everyone okay with someone else being Black Panther? Because you're going to have to get used to that idea. And I don't know. See see if they like Krasinski in, in the spandex. Who was Black Panther? Was there, was there no one? Sure, of course there was. No, you're. Th are you thinking of uh, Rambo being uh, Captain Marvel? Yep. Yeah. I am thinking of that and got it confused with the what if television series. Right. That's what I was like. I don't remember a Black Panther. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yep. But yeah, there was that. But no, I definitely think, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, my favorite part of that, too, by the way, is like, first of all, they put uh, Patrick Stewart in the weird floating yellow mm. uh, wheelchair, which is awesome. But uh, I like that they're just showing him with the cartoon theme song, which has never been associated oh, yeah. with him. But it's smart. Like it makes it's very smart. I love yeah. hearing that riff. Great yeah. riff. Well, it's also it's one of those things where it they literally just can play it of like -na 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 -na, and it's like you, yeah, I know what that is. That's one yeah, of that's it. Like it hits some center of my brain that I immediately picture uh cartoon versions of all of the X-Men running towards me on the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I want a bowl of sugary cereal and chase that down with I don't know. Probably Safeway Select Cola. Yep. All right. <sighs> let's let's watch Jubilee at the Mall. Come on. Let's do it. Jubilee at the Mall. Opening scene to one of the greatest <laughs> cartoon series. <laughs> Jubilee's at the Mall and breaks an arcade. <laughs> Why do we both remember that? I have not gone back and watched it on Disney Plus. That's just. Oh, in I my did. I did do that. And I tell you what, I appreciate. I appreciate that cartoon so much more now. Like I really liked uh, obviously Batman, the animated series and the Spider-Man series were both great, but I remember really disliking certain episodes of the X-Men cartoon series that I just love now because as a kid, I didn't want to watch a soap opera, but now that I... I'm older, I'm happy to watch a soap opera and like, let's just watch these cartoon characters with superpowers, like, like rep repaired their relationships with siblings. I'm super into that. I it did blow my mind. I remember because like obviously Batman the Animated Series has such a special place in my heart, but I feel like it had light continuity. Like it sort of avoided continuity, but you know, sometimes I don't know, once Harley ran away from the Joker, then she was still away from the Joker. You know, she now she's sure. with Poison Eye. So there was like right. little stuff that progressed, you know, but for the most part. Everything was sort of standalone, but I remember as a kid, it stood out to me that they did a season long story arc with Morph in the X-Men where, because mm -hmm. I don't think I had ever seen that in a kid's show. And I, 
honestly can't think of too many kids shows now even that have that kind of stuff where they threaded that throughout the entire season and then at the end of the season morph turned on the x-men and joined up with magneto and you were like holy shit like i didn't know you could do that in a kid's cartoon (laughs) yeah they um man I, i love it when creators trust their audience and i especially love it when um people creating content for kids um you know older children young adults tweens trust them to have the intelligence and the emotional intelligence to follow a story like that and for it to have the impact because so often they'll just take the cheap road because like kids are fucking dumbasses so i'll just make it easy for them and kids can handle that we enjoy that and we enjoyed that as kids i i know that i am 40 i (laughs) I didn't just i don't have an occlusion in my brain i know that i am 40 (laughs) No, but that's the funny thing is, yeah, I I have not gone back and watched the X-Men. I've been tempted, but I think there's some part of me that's worried that it won't stand up. So I don't I want to keep it in my brain from watching it as a kid. But no, it's the stuff that stands out to me that is really interesting of that. Like, I remember the story arcs that they would do because that stood out to me. But even stuff like Batman, the animated series, I loved that they did title cards because as a kid, I started going like. I like when Paul Dini writes these episodes, right. you know, like I would yeah. get excited for like, it's just eight year old me would be like, oh, wait, this is a Dini episode. It's going to be good. Like, I bet <laughs> bet Harley Quinn's going to be in this. I don't even think I knew that he had created her, but like, I think my brain did start to make these connections of which writers I liked. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in all these, you're. <clears throat> um, for instance, I remember. Um, I didn't know when that series came out, I didn't know the character Clayface. I was just unfamiliar, hadn't showed up in any comics I had read. And that was, you know, but aside from, you know, at that point, the two Tim Burton Batman movies, that that was my only access to Batman was, um, you know, Adam West and some comic books. And you're asking, I mean, you're asking a, a lot, um, from humans that might not understand vanity so much and certainly don't understand the pressures of show business i hope uh you're you're asking a lot of them to watch this grotesque um character sort of break and out of des uh, desperosity 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 that new word yeah and uh uh reach for a a cure and a, a revitalization of his career through a chemical that ends up making him a monster. I mean, that's, you know, on its face, it's kind of, you know, it's vaguely, vaguely Shakespearean in that there's a deus ex machina that, that makes a, a, a guy on the edge into a bad guy with powers. But, um, it was still, I remember the impact that made on me. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm watching a complicated thing. This yeah. is grown up stuff and I'm getting it, which means I am maturing as a person. Yeah, no, I, I do think that that is what they both had in common. Both of those shows is they felt more adult than other cartoons where you, you felt like you were getting these serious stories and, you know, they were maybe simplified for kids, but they dealt with like real stuff they they didn't you know fake out with the sadness they let you dwell in stuff you know like they i don't know the emotions on them were pretty complex and the stories often were 
too. I mean, and they really trusted kid audiences. And it it's cool because you see more of that now. Like when I watch stuff like Adventure Time or something like that, I'm truly amazed at something like that is being made for kids now. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world where it's like we're going to make a show for kids that might have anxiety or depression or like worry yeah. about these big things like the world ending. And we're going to do it in a fun way with silly characters, but we're going to deal but with it's this still stuff. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll deal with, you know, um, with PTSD. So like if something scares you once and then after the fact, it keeps scaring you. That's not abnormal. And it's okay to ask for help just because like you, no one should be telling you, that already happened. Don't be afraid of it anymore. Right. I also, by the way, since you brought up Clayface, it's the funniest thing in the world to me what the Harley Quinn animated show did with that character because it's such a yeah. simple thing because I, I'm like you where I learned about that character watching Batman the Animated Series where you learned that this guy was an actor who, like you said, was really vain and he got exposed to this chemical that like turned him into this clay monster. But he used his acting skills to turn himself into other people and then pretend to be those people. And so the fact that on the Harley Quinn cartoon show, he's just like, I am Clayface. Like that he uh -huh. just is like a bad actor. Yeah, he's just a, he's just a hammy actor. <laughs> is like out of everything they did on that show, that's the one that tickles me the most of just that A plus. Like just it's so simple and so true to the character to just be like, what if he just was bad at acting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, he, he, you know, we haven't heard. Um, I don't read all the comics you do, but I haven't heard from Clayface in a while. And, you know, in the early mid 2000s they came out with this character hush who pretends to be other people and i thought well you but you you already have one of those why are you making a thing out of a thing that you already have i feel like that was the hush is the cool guy version i he feel is like pretty cool he is pretty but, cool because like again i mean <laughs> clayface just is a blob like he's just a muddy yeah. blob <laughs> who, who was often, if my memory serves me, defeated by water. I feel like that was his big weakness. Water was not. Don't water him down. It's not yeah. good. Yeah. So I think that was like they they made him cooler. You know. Yeah, he's way cooler now. This guy pretends to be Bruce Wayne. Okay. So Batman's enemy pretends to be Bruce Wayne, and he doesn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Still better than Grant Morrison, I guess. Yeah. Everything's better than Graham Morris. <laughs> yeah, we were actually, we were um, a friend of the show. Um, Pat and I were talking last night about um, Kevin Smith speaking of trailers that are sad. Oh, man. Um, Kevin, we but, love you, but stop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but talking, how about how uh, enjoyable some some of his comic book runs were and batman being absolutely not one of those no i remember being very angry when i bought his batman comic because was it that he peed his pants or that he pooped he peed his, his pants. pants he peed his pants he peed, that was it he peed his pants and wasn't there something too where batman got high like it was so stupid <laughs> he did get high man how it would have been better if he had pooped his pants <laughs> for some reason that one that one goes through being like that, that pisses me off batman shouldn't pee his pants but it, it goes 
through the tunnel to the other side of like actually that's pretty hilarious that Batman just pooped his pants. Also, if you really if you really made it a thing, because I think that was like the whole thing. Like it's like the punchline was that he peed his pants. But if you have Batman poop his pants and then he has to try to tell Alfred, like, Alfred, I need new pants. But he's like trying to <laughs> he doesn't want to say why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like he's he's lurking in the shadows and the henchmen are like you you guys, you guys smell that? Do you smell that? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, like, uh, like guano. It's a little bit like guano. <laughs> yeah, he tries to do the escape thing on the rooftop with Gordon, and Gordon's like, what? what? Ew. What I know going- you're still here somewhere. God, <laughs> man. <laughs> Sloshing around in those tights. Nasty. Which, which by the way, I will d- <laughs> say... Robert Pattinson is the first person to play Batman where I was like, he seems like he smells bad. Yeah, true. Seems like this Batman, like if you yep. encountered him in the streets that you'd be like, oh, God, take a shower. Like, I yeah, mean, no, totally. Like you, you definitely would meet Bruce Wayne and be like, oh, man, aren't you rich? Like, fucking take a shower, man. <laughs> I, did, I saw someone say that that uh, if he was the first person to play uh, Batman, where it, you got the impression that if Jim Gordon found out that Bruce Wayne was Batman, would be like, oh, God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he'd actually be horrified by it. Oh, Jesus. By the way, one last thing that I wanted, since we're just, you know, very atypical of us, we're dwelling in all this nerd stuff, you know, normally mm. we, we, I tried, I tried to talk about Tom Brady and look where we ended no, up. No, we, no, we did. We did sports stuff. Dude, we're cool. We're <laughs> super cool this episode. But, uh, you know what I've noticed too, that's become trendy uh, is that I've seen people disparaging Marvel lately where they're like, oh, and the, you know, it's just. It's all interconnected and every movie is just there to sell you on the next movie and you have to watch them all. And I I found that funny because I I see that more and more as like a disparaging thing. And it it cracks me up because I'm like, wait, so you mean the thing that made this special? Like the, the whole thing that we were all super excited about when this started, like in 2008 and... You did the scene where Nick Fury showed up and said the word Avengers that now we're going to act like that's the problem with the MCU. So, so jaded this audience, I swear. Yeah, I just I found that really funny. I'm like, oh, so the thing that every other movie franchise is trying to copy and do but can't. That's what's the bad thing now. That That's the bad thing now. Yeah. Well, if, if I want to understand this completely, I need to watch like 25 hours of stuff. Yes. Yes, you do. You don't have to. You can still watch it. But if you, I mean, kind of, are you, were you planning on not watching 24 hours of entertainment ever again? Don't, don't give me that shit. You know what I mean? That's, that's eight yeah. football games. You weren't going to watch eight football games. You know what I mean? Like you, you're going to fucking, you're going to do it. Just do it. Well, and again, like when you look back at, I don't know, when the X-Files was on, how many hours of television did you have to watch to watch the X-Files and get the mythology of that show where it was just one show, you know, like Lost? How many hours of that did you watch? Right. And if you didn't watch any of those things, maybe like the MCU isn't for you anyways. Like no one's making you do it. 
you know, just because you're coming in late. If you're coming in late and you're like, oh, man, I really like this, but I have to watch all this stuff to understand it. If you like it, then it's not a chore. You're watching a thing you like for several hours, which is probably <laughs> what you're doing anyways. But that's the thing. It's like somehow instead of what it used to be of like, oh, wait, there's more of this. Like, we're going to get more of these characters. They're going to build up to be in the Avengers in a movie together. That's really they have a standalone adventure and then they're going to do it together. Now it's like, oh, I have to watch all of these. It's just weird that like its biggest selling point has somehow become a negative of, to certain people. Like, I know. It's just a weird... I just, it's, you know, I guess it's it's sometimes rough to be the king. Because these movies are, they, they, you know, three or four of them are coming out a year and at least half of them are really successful and good. Probably more than that. I'm just being generous. What I'm saying is you don't hear anyone else bitching about other things. And I don't get why it's, I guess I get why, why it's the MCU, but also, you know, shut up, I guess, because, <laughs> you know, like I, I, I think I've said this before, but I'm just going to go through it again real quick. You know, 16 years or whatever of Grey's Anatomy, and I don't care about it at all. I'm not telling anyone to stop making them. I bailed on these. I was dipping out of the Fast and Furious franchise anyways. I've pretty much stopped watching them now. Go ahead. They make people happy. The the Transformers movies, I I was done a long time ago, but people like them. It's fine. I don't don't hear anyone bitching about it. Why every... Everything they can bitch about with the MCU, they bitch about it. And it's from people who aren't even invested. Like, another one? Yeah, another thing you don't have to watch. So shut up. (laughs) Right. And it's... I feel like they always act like if there wasn't the MCU that somehow Disney... Like, that it's keeping Disney from making other movies. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they'd be freed up to make the things they really want to make. Disney, you know, they'd be making the small independent films they were known for before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's there's lots of movies. Go watch the other ones and just like shut up. And now, oh, but, you know, now there's all these characters. Yes, there are. If you don't like it, then, then stop. I don't know. I don't know why you're complaining about something that is completely voluntary on your part. You can go yeah. away. You, yeah. you can just go away and it won't be a part of your life anymore. Yes. All that being said, though, I will say Disney Plus. Can you not release uh obi-wan kenobi and miss marvel at the same time it's the same nerds watching both shows so don't give me two shows i need to keep up with (laughs) or if you're going to do it have miss marvel play automatically after obi-wan because i didn't know it had come out they dropped on the same day and i why wouldn't you just automatically play it you know i'm there but that's what i mean i'm there (laughs) i feel i feel like that was weird like they were acting like star wars and marvel audiences are separate where it's like, come on, it's us. We're watching this. You know that we are. Like, just work with yeah. us. I don't I don't have two hours to watch all of this at the I same time. I think they just wanted to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Let's see which just... one's more popular. They're both equally popular. We yeah. only, God damn it, we're nerds. We only like, like, eight different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and I don't have it in front of me, but that the actor that they got to play Miss Marvel is perfect. Like, she is great casting. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really like her. Right on. Right on. Yeah. I can't wait to watch. I will I will start watching. I do think oh, these, uh, th- these Marvel shows, though, they need to figure out, like, as much as I love Marvel, they got to figure out the pacing of the TV shows. I don't think they've quite figured out. Like, it just, 
they don't feel like they have the same momentum as the movies yet, the shows. Like, I, I enjoy all of them, but I kind of felt like that with Miss Marvel, and I felt like that with Moon Knight, and I and all of them to a certain extent where it's like, I'm into it, I'm into it, and then it's like, you hit episode, like, four or five, and you're like, I'm kind of losing a little steam. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's, um... Uh... They can't really decide whether or not they're making a movie or episodes of a television show. And just right. do do one or the other, but I feel like you haven't made your mind up yet. And the, you're right, the pacing does suffer. Yeah, it's like they try to do a six-hour movie, but but they can't really do it. So, yeah, it's just... And I've noticed with, like, with Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, it's what they ended up doing was getting really mythology heavy in the middle, and that just kind of bogs it down in a weird way. But I... Yeah, everything that isn't Hawkeye or uh, Loki, I felt like had some pacing. I enjoyed all of them, but I felt like there was some pacing problems <laughs> with all the other shows. Yeah, it was almost like they, they filmed everything all at once and then kind of decided what was going to be an episode in the editing bay. When it's like, you, you kind, I feel like you kind of need to, to know what your rhythm is going to be Yeah, um, before before then. This is knowing nothing about making entertainment really <laughs> i also just wonder maybe six episodes is like a weird amount because it's not enough to really do multiple separate things you know so you had, like again they're kind of sticking to one thing but for a long time <laughs> for a long time i don't know but anyway uh that that's it that's the show we did it we're gonna, <laughs> gonna wrap things oh, up speaking here. of which i oh, was sorry yeah. i know you saw me scrolling i wasn't trying to be rude um but I'm not. I'm obviously not going to read this article. But I'll just read to you the headline: <clears throat> The Boys showrunner slams TV series that aim to be ten-hour movies. "Quote: Fuck you. No, you're not. <laughs> Is it like we just had a pretty analytical <laughs> and civil discussion about it? I don't know why. Why you need to go to the press and say fuck you to people's creative decisions on their own products? Yeah, I don't. It's a weird. <laughs> it's a weird choice. I mean, though, in fairness, the boys is, and I haven't watched that one because, again, there's too much TV that exists. But as much as I understand the pitch for the boys, it seems like it is just a fuck you to Marvel. <laughs> like, isn't that the pitch of like, what if superheroes were dicks? That's like the thing, right? Yeah, it, you know, um, they also cite in here, just skimming over um, Obi Wan. You know, Ewan McGregor described Obi Wan Kenobi as one big movie, and that quote just happens to be split up into these episodes end quote well the boy showrunner eric kripke says enough is enough enough is enough it's just it's just TV it. movies no no you <laughs> stop it oh my god anyway that's but that's um that's from variety if anyone would like to read so you that. can go I there you can read that and the tom brady article both of her. Yeah, yeah. B both yeah. of which are people not saying anything about anything. Which now, look, we are going to wrap up, but you reminded me of the other thing that I didn't bring up. But did you see that it's Joe Dante, right? Who did Gremlins it has uh -huh. accused uh, Baby Yoda as being a ripoff of Gizmo. <sighs> this is when it gets not fun to be a fan of things. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like, I... I kind of see what you're saying, but also you're acting like Gizmo invented the idea of a cute little creature. That, like, 
Yeah, totally. I mean, if you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, the gremlins are a ripoff of Yoda. I don't think you want to start this argument. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Yeah, you don't do you really want to pull it threads. Also, have you seen Gremlins 2? It rips off everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including Hulk Hogan's shirt. <laughs> Go fix the pro- the projector, brother. <laughs> I got to watch it. That movie's great. All right. It's a great movie. <laughs> so I remember. Question everything. And sh- shut up and get a lawyer. Brother. Lizard. So no head. Talker, lyrical moonwalker, blow it back out, correct my girl posture. She need readjusting, we do not need a doctor. I break shit down, get it cracking like lobster. But hey Siri, can you call my ex back and tell her that I'm still the fucking shit like X Lax? Gave you a piece of my heart and you kept that. Still get you wet and take you to the bed, bath and beyond. You love doing domestic shit. I'm throwing a bone if you could catch my drift. I didn't ask that the best is. And you hate that you never had sex like this, but it's fine, babe. You go swinging at the clubs like a driving range. Oh, you're 20 something now, that's a fine age. Pretty soon you'll be tired of the mind games. And you'll want it for everything. But forever, never last so long until we're grown. And will you still want me when you're going through menopause? And do you only want me if I'm putting up a card? Will you be rocking with me when I make it to the stars? I know I'm independent, but love it in it raw. I know you're independent, but what if we tie the knot? Osh, gosh, but gosh, I'm cutting another loss. No gain without a cost, no guilt without a charge. And we took it too far. No, 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 no. Why don't we just settle down and make it? Yeah. Sometimes I'm a jackass, sometimes I'm tender Sometimes you're a bitch, but I don't hold it against you You saved a screenshot of the letter I sent you I loved you when I wrote it, but I barely remember That was ages ago, your career's taking off now Bought a new Tesla and put a lot down Gotta follow when you've always been a knockout Some bloom too soon and then drop out But we all find a way to make a living I'm blessed, so I'm saying my thanks on Thanksgiving I got money in the bank and dank that I'm sending I just help with the weight and take what I'm giving I don't mind being the recipient of greatness Trying to earn a permanent place up on your playlist in a hot spot between pacing and patience Love, hater, a little lost in a simulation Let's go mm. I still got bars for days <laughs> You want mm. Let's go Hitting record. Hitting record. Hitting record. Hitting record. Hitting record. Hitting record. <laughs> I just wrote that for you. It's an original tune. Oh, it was really good. Yeah, thank you. You just wrote that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. It came to me. Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip. 
and Katie and Bridget and we're three friends who like movies especially movies of yore when we were small and everything seemed awesome now we're revisiting these bright shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real so sit back and relax and revisit the best the worst and everything in between from the 80s and 90s and find out is it for 